We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real Podcast. I am your host and coach, Brittany King, and it's been a hot minute since I have had a guest on the show. I've been doing a lot of teaching and sharing, and especially with the Mind Over Matter method that just came out. And I'm excited to switch gears again, because when I first started this podcast, it really, the intention was really to teach, but also learn from other amazing people in this industry. And I'm honored to have Victoria Jane on the show with us today. Hello. Welcome. Hi. To the Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Even just chatting with you before we started recording, I was like, this is already so fun. I know. Likewise. I was like, oh my God, we need to hit record. I can't wait to dive into this. I think it's like so amazing how the interwebs works these days, like just being able to connect in this way. Um, we don't have any sort of like background or like personal relationship yet. But like, I truly believe that there's no coincidences. And I have people come into my inbox often of like, let's connect, let's chat, like, you know, talking about being on each other's shows and not everybody like grabs my attention. And there was just something about you and I, and what you do with human design that I was like, done. Like, I think I just responded back, like done, let's do it. And I just trust my intuition on all things. And like, I just felt intuitively connected before we even met. So we're going to dive right in because you're going to do a way better, better introduction than I will do. So I want you to share a little bit about like what you do as a human design coach and how you got to this place. And then let's dive into all things human design. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to guess some of your listeners, if not all, have heard of human design. It's a system that fundamentally like describes how our energy works. And I know, you know, I know a little bit about your past of like burnout and chasing and all that. And I had a very similar experience. We're both projectors within human design. There are five different types and every type has its own purpose. Every type also has a a thing that feels best for them when they get it. And for projectors, it's success. And to answer the human design piece. So it's a system that can help you understand more about who you are, how you make decisions. I love that earlier you said like instinctively, intuitively, you just knew you got the note and you're like, yes, want to talk to her. Like your way of making decisions in human design is very intuitive like that. Whereas for some people, they need time to think about it, right? That's half the population. So even I share that small example to kind of ground what I mean about human design can help you make decisions, tune in your into your intuition, navigate your life with more ease. So I came to this system because I was having chronic health issues, super burnt out in a corporate career and thought I was doing everything right, mind you. Like I know you have a health coaching background and I was like into all the health things. I like had my green smoothie every morning. I was riding my bike to work every day. I was meditating, you know, I could like, and I was like lifting too. And I was like, how am I still having issues? Like on paper, I look like I'm doing it all right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, there was a few years of that journey. And what I know now is that there's a huge energetic component to it. And just because somebody else is successful at something doesn't mean that it's right for us or for it was what I, what I was chasing was not right for me. And a big part of 
really trusting myself so much more and releasing all of the conditioning and the programming and the shoulds that, you know, not even in like a, I don't want this to sound victim-y, but just like we go through life and we're exposed to other people and, you know, teachers, parents, whatever. A huge part of my journey to come back to what felt authentic to me was learning about my design. So maybe I'll pause there. That's the quick backstory. Cool. Well, there's just so much that you just said, even in that introduction that stands out to me. One of the things that I work on with my clients is energy management because everything is energy. And when we experience different emotions within our body, that is energy that is created from our thoughts. And that's really what I do with coaching is I help people understand their thinking, feeling and connecting the cognitive emotional side and what that creates in their body. So human design has always intrigued me. Like I know probably the very like elementary basics of it. So I'm so excited to learn and like dive into all of this with you today and same with my listeners. I'm, you know, I'm sure they've heard of it or dabbled in it, but I think, you know, taking us to this understanding of how this works and how to create the right flow. So you can go through life, like with ease and not feel this like constant tension um, is so important because that's not really living. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was for decades. Right. Like, you know, because, and like, to your point, we were conditioned in that way. We were totally conditioned. That's like, go, go, go. This burnt out mentality was like, we wear it like a badge of honor. And then we realized that, oh, this actually doesn't have to be the way. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit, like, let's like start with like a crash course basics of how human design works and just kind of how this aligns with energy management. Yeah. So I think at the highest level, you know, because something else people will tell me when they first learn about human design is they'll they'll get their birth info. Maybe it's a journey to find that too. And then they go to one of the many free sites. We can link in, um, in the show notes too, to pull up your chart. And then a lot of people are like, whoa, there's a lot here. Like there's sh- shapes and colors and lines and like all these words. And they, I don't know what they mean. Some of them sound scary, like martyr or bitterness or whatever it is. Right. So I like to remind people that it, it's okay. Like you don't have to get it all at once. And the best thing to start with is what is your type? And there are five different types. The proportions of people that fall into each type show up in exactly what we need for the collective to function well. So every type has its own purpose. Sounds really basic, but it's sometimes the most profound truths are also really basic, right? And every type has a way they are meant to use and share their energy. So for example, and I like to go in this order, manifestors make up about 10% of the population and they're here to start things. These are people that have such a strong conviction in knowing like, this is what I want to do. I just got to just got to like go out there and get it and do it. And they can be really powerful and they can kind of get the ball rolling in a way that others can't. And so their energetic purpose, they'll get these really strong impulses and they're meant to follow through on them, but then they also need to rest in between those, those highs. Like one of um, the analogies that one of my clients used with me, and I use it all the time now is manifest your energy is sort of like a hit workout. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, it's on, like you do your 10 burpees, but then when it's time to rest, you rest. And then there's about 70% of the population that falls into generators or manifesting generators. And there's some differences, but they have a really important commonality, which is that they have consistent life force energy. So life force energy 
in the human design system is located in the sacral area in the gut. So these are people who they can feel in their gut. Like I'm so excited to do something. And when they are doing what they enjoy, they get replenished by that. So these are the people they're like, Oh my God, I signed up for this course. I'm so excited. And I just want to stay up, stay up all night reading this, the the material. Cause it's like, I'm stoked about it. And they don't get tired in the same way as long as it's something they enjoy doing. It's like they have this inner fire and they're feeding their fire. And the reason why there's so many, because sometimes generators and MGs are like, oh, I feel not special because there's so many of us. But it's like, actually, if you look at your chart in total, there's billions of combinations of, of individual charts. So everybody's special. And we need a lot of generators and MGs to actually create and power and fuel the world around us. Like, these are, the, these are the people who are like down to help you build your furniture, you know, whereas like for me, I'm like, that's the, it exhausts me. You know, it's like not even that hard. I'm like, oh, I have to put something up, like hang up a picture. And it's like, that's all I'm doing for the day. <laughs> Those are the first uh, three types. And then projectors are about 20% of the population. That's what we both are. And our energy is much more meant to be used to guide. And as a result, even when we're doing our favorite thing in the world, like I know I still need breaks. Yeah. And so we can get more into that. But the idea is that for projectors, we're not really here to measure our success based on the amount of time we're doing something. It's much more about impact, right? We can see the bigger picture. We can like give someone a piece of advice and it can change everything, but we're not here to necessarily implement everything. And then lastly, we have reflectors and they're here. The difference about their design is that everything in their chart is is white or open. So they can really be anything and everything and learn about the whole world. And then they share their wisdom because they they're, they are able to have an unbiased perspective in a way that all the other types, the other 99% can't. So they really have this profound wisdom to share with us and guide us toward evolving our consciousness. Mm, so cool. Yeah. So within human design, is there like a sub like, are you, I'm mainly projector, but then I have. Mm, no, you, your type is your type. There's no like blends of types, but I think what you're getting at is like, is there very, like we're both projectors, but we're not the same. Right. And so what there is, is there's nine different centers in the chart. They can either be colored in or white. And that's where some of the variation comes from. So you could be an emotional authority projector, meaning this person would be a projector. They are still here to wait for the invitation when they navigate life. They are still here to be guides, but the way they make their decisions is based on waiting for emotional clarity. Whereas for you, you have consistent access to a different kind of awareness, which is that intuitive hit that comes like, I don't know, just like in the moment. Right. So those are two different ways of being a projector. So interesting. I mean, and it makes so much sense because even hearing you walk through the different types, like I can think of the certain people in my life and even clients that I work with that kind of fit into without even having to go into mm-hmm. chart mm-hmm. just based off of what I've learned about them and how they and like how they how they do work and get things done. Mm-hmm. And probably what you feel too, like to some extent, right? I know you haven't st- you haven't probably studied tons of human design, but. Like when you're around, say, a generator or a manifesting generator, as somebody with an open sacral center, you can probably be around them and feel like, oh, like they're really excited about it. And you can get kind of like a hit of that energy and then you leave and you feel the difference, right? So, yeah, that's another element of it. So, you know, with 
human design and really understanding how this works with energetics and energetic boundaries. What happens when someone is a certain type and is just like going against (laughs) what their, like their, their life is not aligned with their human design? What happens? Oh, interesting. Okay. So let me say that first of all, I believe that we come in with the exact design that we're meant to have to live out our purpose, right? It's like we all, I see us as all just like similar to the type thing. We need everybody in these different roles, right? So of course, ideally we're living our design and we're navigating life in a way that supports us. And when we're not, I think this is where we can feel a lot of friction. And so I'm pausing because there's like a lot of nuance in this question. Like there's one version of the answer, which is like, oh, you probably see it can come up in so many ways, but like for myself, it was health issues, right? Maybe someone's feeling really anxious. Like there's that kind of piece to it. But then also with each type specifically, there is what's called a not self theme. And what that is, is when you're out of alignment, what is the key kind of feeling that really like is is uncomfortable for you or gets at you. So for projectors, just to again ground an example, we're both projectors. What our not self theme is is bitterness. And so for a projector who wants to be able to, you know, we're both coaches, right? So it's like I want to help you live your best life. Like I want to give you advice, da da da, right? And if we're trying to share this information with people that don't care then that doesn't feel good. Right. And it's like, it falls on deaf ears. And so that's how bitterness can come up. It's like, I feel like I'm pushing and nothing's happening. Um, I find it's really common for projectors to compare themselves with other people too, and feel bitter in that way. So it could be like the jealousy or the, how come like X or Y isn't happening for me, like that sort of thing. So that's, that's a little bit, this, those are some examples for manifestors. They will feel anger. And so that comes up with I wanted to do something, but you know, I stopped myself or they told me I couldn't. And that energy and that idea or that inspiration that wanted to move gets blocked. So anger will come up for manifestors when they're keeping themselves small or limiting themselves in some way. For generators and MGs, they'll feel frustration. And so this, the difference in quality there is because generators and MGs are here to really create and build, what happens when that life force energy doesn't get to move the way it wants? There's this kind of backup. And so that's where the frustration will come in. And sometimes I've even seen it as like procrastination, like a blah kind of feeling where these people that are when they're doing what's aligned and what they really enjoy, they're like, yeah, yes, I'm here for it, whatever. It's really such a bummer for them to be in that frustration. And then with reflectors, there is the feeling of disappointment. So this is sort of like, I'm, I'm putting myself in a box. Everything's boring. Like, I don't know. And just feeling very like, like almost like a malaise <laughs> is how I'd put it because they're actually here to just let life carry them and be so, and enjoy everything that life has to offer and be surprised by what's out there. And when they close themselves off to that for whatever reason, or maybe they're around their life is structured in a way where that isn't allowed to happen. That's where the disappointment can come in. Oh my gosh. So fascinating. <laughs> mm-hmm. so like those emotions are like pre- present. Does that typically mean that you're like out of alignment or you're like, there's, you know, there's something that is like off with your energy. If like that emotion is coming up often. Yeah. So it's certainly like, I always, <laughs> I, 
I always like to say that it's not a bad thing that you feel the not self theme, because as a recovering perfectionist myself, I'm like, it's part of life, right? To, to go between the polarities and sometimes you'll feel the success and sometimes you'll feel the bitterness. And so it's really, I see it as like this friendly signal. That's like, Hey, is there something for me to pay attention to here? Something for me to listen to? Because it's part of the growth cycle, I believe, to actually dip into this sometimes, right? Maybe you're a generator that has started a business and for a few years, you're like so excited about it and you're enjoying it. And then you start to like, feel like, hmm, everything's kind of the same. And now I really don't like doing this stuff that I used to, or this is really boring. And you feel the frustration. You didn't do anything wrong. It's totally fine. It's actually a great sign that you're feeling the frustration because it means there's something else waiting for you. Right. And it's that like, um, I just repotted my plants last weekend. So it's like, you feel constricted. And then before you get to grow into something bigger, you know, now I think there is a part of your question, certainly where you were saying like, okay, but what if you're feeling it all the time? Like I know for myself. So I used to work in, in tech for about a decade and like all the health issues and like seeing I, I couldn't, I didn't quite recognize it at the time, I think, or maybe it wasn't super conscious for me, but bitterness certainly showed up in like in my head, there would be thoughts of like, how come I'm, you know, it feels like I'm doing so much and I'm just like barely holding it together. Something like that, where it's like that comparison, like how come it's not like blah, blah, blah. Right. And that was my flavor of bitterness for a while. Mm, so interesting. And just to sit back and reflect and like, see those areas in your life where it was off or it wasn't aligned and how that has kind of shifted the trajectory of where you are today. So I'm curious then, you know, you, let's say you find out your human design, you find out you're a projector and you're kind of learning with it. What do you do with that information when it comes to energy management? Like what's the next step? Mm. So for projectors specifically, I think it's a huge I think most projectors, it's a huge lesson to start observing how your energy feels when you are around other people versus by yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think in part, because in my own journey, a lot of the people that I work with come from a history of overdoing, pushing, blah, blah, blah. And part of wherever you're white in your chart, you you can pick up the energy that's around you and you amplify it. So for myself, like I was basically like going to work, like plugging into all of the sacral energy, as well as the energy of some of my other undefined centers, getting wired on that. And then like doing so much. And it felt really good because I, that's kind of like the neurochemical sort of training that I'd had Mm -hmm. and then leaving unplugging. And I would remember like on my way home, way back home after work, just feeling like exhausted. Right. And so I think there's something to tune into around, like, do you as a projector even know what your fully rested, nourished baseline is? Mm. Cause I didn't know that. <laughs> and maybe you think you know that, but could you rest more? Mm. <laughs> because if you think about our purpose is, is to be here and to guide and to have an impact, well, there's a certain amount of resourcedness we have to have, right? Like it's kind of hard to be a guide when your own cup isn't full. Mm -hmm. And because, and this is a really delicate balance because I don't want projectors listening to this or actually anybody listening to this to think projectors like have no energy, even other types. Like sometimes I'll work with, you know, parents of other types and they're like, or friends of other, like friends of projectors. And I can tell they're already like writing off the projector because they're like, well, they don't have any energy. And that's definitely not true. Like 
there are many powerful politicians, business people, et cetera, that are projectors, but it's more about not thinking you have to show up a certain way, right? Of like, you know, being the CEO that's like, yep, like, I mean, most CEOs don't go into the office every day, right? They like are off having meetings and whatever, and who knows what they're doing. Like I, Winston Churchill, like took naps when he was running, running the war. So anyway, that's to bring myself back, really taking care of your rest is huge because it's from that place that we offer our guidance. Mm-hmm. What resonates so deeply with me is like, I'm such a doer and go, 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 mm-hmm. like all the time. Um, and lately it's like my intuition, whatever it is, it's just been telling me that more and more how important rest is. And mm. so it's like been like changing that pattern of constantly having to do. Mm. And, you know, I've always kind of been considered the energizer bunny, but I do need my time to rest and restore so I can continue to show up and give. And I know that like, when I don't do that, I definitely can't be my highest self or be living in my purpose. And all this makes so much sense because like, you know, you're searching and you're asking those questions of like, what's my purpose and what am I here to do? I've discovered in the past year or so that I'm always, I've always been a teacher and I will always be a guide. Like that resonates so much with me. And I'm like, it's just so interesting how it just happens. Like Mm -hmm. I luckily just like it happened, like it happened organically to get to this place. But I don't know if that happens for everyone because I work with so many people that are doing things that do not feel uh, aligned Mm. with who they are and who they want to be in this world. Like a lot of times I end up working with people that are trying to tap into their purpose because they are collecting all of these trophies and they are just feeling completely unsatisfied. Like they have a beautiful Mm -hmm. trophy case of all these accolades and amazing successes. And on paper, they look great, but on the inside, they feel empty. Mm -hmm. And I totally get that because I feel like that was, I was on that. I was totally on that path for a while. And maybe that's part of the journey too. Right. Yeah. And then maybe that's what led them to work with me to help them like dive into who they actually are and get to know themselves. Because I think that's kind of how it happened with myself is like my own internal work led me to this place, not by chance, but because like I actually started doing the work and understanding myself on this level. So it's fun to like hear Mm -hmm. about human design and be like, wow, like I didn't even realize Like it all, like it just all makes sense and it all feels aligned, which also reflects back to where I am in my life and what I'm doing and like how Mm -hmm. good I feel in it because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way at one point. So interesting. There are a few things you said and because I have your chart up, this is how all my conversations go with people. And I listen and I'm like, ah, you know, this fits here. And the first thing you were saying about feeling like this energizer or like people knowing you as the energizer bunny, right? Mm -hmm four of the nine centers in your, in anybody's chart create energy. So we've talked about the sacral being this life force energy, but there's also the root center, which is more of an adrenal energy. There's the ego center, which is more of will energy, which is like, I'm in control. I want to be the best. Like, I'm just going to get it done. Like that sort of quality. And then there's also emotional energy, which is like, when you're on a high, you can feel so great and want to do a bunch of things. Or when you're in a low, maybe you're in this like creative mood. So there are these four places where you are, you're white in all of them. So sometimes people think like, oh, I have no, these are called motor centers. I have no centers that create like energy in my chart. But in fact, sometimes these are the people that can seem the most energized because what you're doing is you're taking that energy in from everybody that you're interacting with mm-hmm. and you're sending it back out and you're, you're, you're plugging in, you're writing it and you're amplifying it. Mm-hmm. And so that's all great. 
the thing is to not feel like you have to be stuck there. Right. So it's like totally that balance you were talking about of like, yeah, I can show up. I can be with my clients. I can, you know, like we can alchemize that energy together, but then I also need to not be that all the time because, and come back to my baseline. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to reflect that. And then the other piece that was interesting. Oh, when you were talking about like your path to coaching, there's a center in the chart that's related to our identity and our direction in life. Mm -hmm. And so you can either be defined or undefined colored in or white. You're, you're also white here. So you're not somebody who like you can be who you are can change based on who you're around, right? Like you can fit in with some people, you can fit in with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an undefined G center and I notice like my sense of humor will change around like whatever sense of humor I'm just around. That said, what is interesting is a lot of your purpose is around sharing the innate love that you have, which is part of our identity too. So it's like, there's a part of you where your identity can kind of shift and morph and you can discover more layers to yourself. And yet there is this consistency in you having the deep capacity to love yourself, cheesy as it sounds, Mm -hmm. and having the deep capacity to be to enjoy your physical experience. And so there's a lot around like health that fits into this Mm -hmm. and then you transmitting and sharing that. And now I'm just kind of talking about your chart, but the question in here that I had for you was when you, was there anything specific in your own journey that kind of almost like pinged the ball for you to be down this path? Oh my gosh. I mean, even hearing you say that with like self-love, cause that's how my journey started was with self love and like got into coaching because like, I realized that when I was like going through my, you know, darkest, most challenging times, there was no self-love there. Mm. There was like zero self-love. And I was like stuck in very negative cycles of thinking and being and sabotage and taking care of myself. Like I wasn't taking care of myself physically, emotionally. It was just like, you know, it was, it was a challenging time, but I went through that time because it led me to this place. But that was like the start of my journey was when I really started to love myself and actually like allowed myself to tap in to that space of compassion and understanding for everything that I've gone through and like not pushing off my past, but like accepting it and not trying to change it. That's when everything kind of shifted and like this world of coaching and helping guide other people through it open up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool to hear about because with the undefined G center identity and direction live here. So it's like, along with you being able to kind of fit in, in a lot of different places, there's also this receptivity and like experimentation around finding your direction. And so a lot of times people with an undefined G center, it's like, Oh, I, I happen to meet someone that introduced me to this new thing. And now that's like what I'm all about, you know, Yeah, it's literally been my whole life. Like up until like that, that was my whole life. I never had like, I need to be this. I need to do this. And I never under, I was just like kind of followed the breadcrumbs is what I always say. And that's, what's so fascinating about this work is that is like, I never had a plan. Like, I just never was like, I'm a planner. Like I love to have plan and strategy. Like I love strategy. And then anything very strategic, but like having a plan for my life of like, I need this to happen by this time and this and this and this, like that just was never my path. I just had things happen that I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And I would just follow it and I would meet Mm -hmm. someone. And then that would lead me to something else. And even how I got into coaching 
someone that was not, like an acquaintance in my life planted the seed. And then I, you know, obviously had to water it and like do the work, but I had no idea that that world even existed, but it was brought to my attention. And now that's literally the life that I'm living. So it's like been all of these like moments that I can look back on and realize that, um, I never have been like tied to an identity because I've always kind of believed that my identity is always changing. And one of my strengths is adaptability. And I am also, I'm like a chameleon. Like you put me in a setting and I like just vibe with whatever's going on, which makes sense as a projector, which was also my shadow because that need to fit in became bigger and bigger and bigger when I didn't, you know, love myself. And now it's like not about fitting in. It's just about being myself and like allowing myself to belong exactly as I am. Mm, Yeah. Well, I love what you shared there around just like, you just follow the breadcrumbs. And I think that's a really big piece of this topic around energy management, because I think like, why do people over push? Like I know for myself, it's because I thought I had to be in control of doing all these things in order to get what I wanted and even get what I wanted was like what my little ego brain thought. And now I'm like, oh, that was all not. But when we go back to types, most types, there's, there's some element of waiting involved. Most people hear that and they're like, I don't like this. I don't want to wait. <laughs> but I would suggest like, and I think it's triggering for a reason, right? Cause we're like, no, no, no. I've been taught that I can do and I can do more. And then, you know, I do X and Y happens. Right. But as you shared earlier, you work with a lot of people and they're doing that and it still doesn't feel good. Right. Like maybe I don't actually want Y, or maybe the universe doesn't want Y for me. It wants Z, but I don't even know how to do that. And that's where I think the magic of human design comes in because I believe, right, that we come in with the design we're meant to have. We all fit into the collective in some incredibly beautiful, unique way. And so if those things are true, then everything that's meant for me was already mine. And all I need to do is just be the the most true me, the most authentic me to receive it. And hopefully, like, again, I know it's a process, but hopefully that makes the waiting a little bit easier. And so, you know, for the projector, that's like, oh, I just, I want to help people. And I want that success so badly. It's like, you don't necessarily need to do the 10 things you think you need to do. Maybe it's just about being introduced to some sort of health coaching and being so excited about it. And then the path unfolds from there or being even, even with manifestors. I mean, I know in the traditional human design space, you'll hear like, these are the only these are the only type that don't have to in quote, wait for something, but because their, their strategy, how this type is meant to navigate the world is to initiate things, but what are they initiating? Well, they're initiating a true desire, a true, like lightning bolt of inspiration. So I would argue that even that everybody, including even manifestors have to wait for that aligned thing to drop in, right? Like they can force things, manifestors can force things to happen and still make it happen. Um, But it might not feel that good. And I've seen plenty of burnt out manifestors too. So I don't exactly remember what you said, but (laughs) that's what was coming up for me. Oh, it's so fascinating. It's so, I mean, and like if someone's listening and they are intrigued by this, you know, what do they do with this information? Like what is like something tangible that they can take into either like a daily practice or something for them to really tap into to start exploring um, their design? Yeah. Yeah. I love this question. So because what it gets at is like, you can learn your design, but nothing about your life is going to change unless you practice it. Right. Right. And to me, like human design 
I mean, obviously I'm biased, but to me, human design has become a living practice because I'm constantly like looking at a piece of my design and then seeing how it plays out. And then I, you know, will integrate that. So for somebody just starting out who has learned what their type is, and we didn't get into the too deep into every type and every type strategy, which is how each type is meant to navigate the world. There's plenty of other podcasts and I can share some information too, that we can link as well, but you know, we want to get into some more interesting, like, like practical applied stuff. Right. So once you learn those two things, as well as your authority, that's kind of like the trifecta, your type strategy and authority, then you have the full set of guidance for how do I move through my life with ease and and another big tenet of human design is like you none of us should be making decisions from our minds which is often where the shoulds come from so in terms of like a practical step i am gonna say something that might not be quite as tangible as maybe people will want but the reason why is because it's so specific to your life right like for all the people listening i don't know what your schedule looks like what kind of activities you're involved in so this is going to be general but what it is is to start observing how your energy feels and what your intuition or your authority is telling you and, and just see like that, that's where you start because a lot of times people will like in readings too that or sessions that I do with people or coaching as well, you know, I might get a question like, you know, the situation's coming up in my life and what is my gut telling me if they're a generator and MG and I'm like, well, you know, we can talk, I can describe to you what a sacral yes or no sounds like, but only you know what it feels like for you. Right. And so that's the practice. It's like learning, right. Okay. So I got this information. Now, what does it mean for me and my body? How does it feel? And then you go live your life and, and just like start to track that. And that is the practice. And when you start to notice these moments of like for myself, maybe it was a contraction of like, oh, this interaction with this person doesn't feel good or Hmm. Every time I walk into the elevator, I feel like I want to die <laughs> because I'm like really over this job. Um, what a, that's an extreme example, but then there's information around, okay, so this maybe isn't in alignment. What do I want to do about it? And another thing that comes up a lot when I talk to people is like, sometimes we get scared of what's uncomfortable, right? So it's like, we almost don't want to admit to ourselves like, oh, I don't like going to work, but the path to implementing these changes is actually sometimes just recognizing, oh, this isn't working for me. And I'm not saying you need to change your whole life overnight. That would be really intense. Um, but it's at least to start to be honest with yourself. You're a splenic authority too. So I don't know if this will resonate. A lot of times too, like we've grown up ignoring our intuition, like as a splenic authority, how, how things come through for me, it's very instinctive, right? It's like, I always use animals to describe the spleen. And it's like, how does a dog know that it likes this person, but doesn't like the other person? It's just, right. It comes in super fast. If it doesn't like someone, it's growling. And growing up when I had like ick feelings about certain situations, I would be told like, just be nice or smile or like, go with it. It's not a big deal. Don't be so concerned. Right. Like all of this kind of brushing off. And so I think it's very healing. And that was a splenic example, but you can be a different authority as well. It can be really healing to honor your intuition and to develop that relationship with it so that it can come through more strongly. It sounds like for you, you're like pretty connected with it, but I also get people that are like, I don't, I don't know. Right. So 
And I want to touch on that too, because that's a really big thing um, in my coaching. I tell my clients right when we start, I don't know is not an answer. Um, And I try to take that out of their vocabulary because it blocks that inner wisdom within our bodies because our body does have that that within us, but we're just so in our head trying to make these decisions. We have so many thoughts Mm -hmm. and getting connected to that. And I used to be super disconnected from my body. I didn't even realize how disconnected I was from my body. I've always known that I was intuitive and I would trust things and I would think something and it would happen. I was like, Ooh, like I just like always kind of like had that, but I never was able to harness it until I really started to understand the cognitive emotional connection and how much wisdom our bodies actually hold, which makes so much sense listening to like really what human design is all about with those energies. Mm. So how does someone get more in tuned with their intuition and, and, and just the energy within their body? Cause I love how you said like, what does it feel like? Like, and I do this with my clients a lot. I'm like, what does a yes feel like? What does a no feel like? Cause we want to lean into that more than trying to make sense of it all up here. Yes. Our thoughts create how we feel, but if we can tap into how our body is like responding to our thinking and understanding what thought is creating the emotional vibration, then we can respond to situations instead of knee jerk react to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think the first step is to find out what your authority is because there's seven different authority types within human design and how you tune in is going to be really different if you're say like a self-projected projector versus an emotional manifester, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would start there and I have some resources that like I, I made a set of videos because it was like all the same information I was sharing in readings. Right. And I think there's so there's so much you can get to on your own in terms of practicing just with that information and asking yourself certain questions, which I include in this information as well. So let me give an example. So for, since we're both splenic, right? Like I, where I started off when I first learned I was a splenic authority, similar maybe to, to you, it's like, I wasn't, I was, I was, it's not that I was not connected to my body, but there was so much noise and static above it that I didn't recognize what I was hearing. And some things that can be really helpful are getting rest. I know like sound like a broken record, but we have to have the space to hear. Right. And I always like to say, if your whole life is a no, meaning like you're in a state of sympathetic response super adrenalized, um, fight or flight, then how can you actually hear if something's a no? Like you're, you're already like at this level, right? So what can you do to feel more calm, to feel more replenished? And I know like, again, I'm thinking to myself like a handful of years ago and there was a certain place where like I was just in survival mode. So maybe it's not totally possible to do everything you hope to do and that's okay too. But it's like, can you get like an hour more sleep on the weekend or whatever it is, right? And it starts to emerge with time from that really solid foundation of I'm taking care of my system and my body. And then from there, there's like the observation of the practice. And, you know, here it's like whatever works best for you. It could be movement, breath work, meditation, talking, journaling, like there's so many different things. And I trust that based on your own authority and your intuition, you can find what modalities work best. And with the practice, 
that relationship gets developed and you start to realize like, oh, I'm hearing my spleen as opposed to my mind, or I'm hearing my spleen and my mind. And like, I'm going to keep this part and like, not feel like I have to listen to the other part. Mm -hmm. So the, like the splenic authority, tell me a little bit more about like what that means um, for like, just overall with human design. Yeah. So each center has its own qualities. The spleen is one of the oldest centers, and it's all about the awareness of what is healthy or unhealthy, what's dangerous or not. So this is the part of you that will tell you like, "Mm, I'm getting a creepy vibe from this person, or this is uncomfortable. Like there's maybe like a contraction or some sort of tension, right? And because your spleen is defined or colored in, you always have access to it, which is why it's your authority. So does that, first of all, maybe I'll ask you like, does that part make sense? Because it can be a little more abstract of a center. But like that, like, like actually in the body is like, that's where you kind of like tap into that energy. Yeah. So the spleen is related. Every center has a body part that it's related to. And the spleen is related to the immune system. So if you think about like, oh, if something is unhealthy, then like my immune system is going to get up and like protect. Right. So, okay. Then it's like, well, do you feel your immune system? Most people are like, no. Right. (laughs) But I To me, it feels like a a whole nervous system feeling because what controls or not controls, but what regulates our immune system is that in part is that fight or flight response, right? Like if there is something dangerous happening, then our immune system suppresses itself a little bit so that we can run from the tiger or whatever it is. So for me, this is what I mean when I say like, if your whole life is, no, it's really hard to hear the spleen because essentially you're dampening your immune system. And like, for me, giving up coffee was huge to hear my spleen too. I, I, again, unpopular opinion. Most people don't want to be told to give up their coffee, but that's what really helped for me. So I'll just share that. So splenic authority people, you can know in the moment, the spleen speaks very quietly. And for me, it's, it'll be like a word or two. So it might be like leave, or it might be like, no, or go that way. Right. What it's not is a whole mental narrative about why I should do this, all the reasons, right. da, da, da. like, you know, that's all the mental stuff. But a lot of times spleen and mind will chime in at the same time. Right. So that's the practice of like teasing that apart. Does that prompt a little bit for like how, what your spleen might be? Yeah, definitely. So if someone's listening and like, they're trying to tap into that, what do they do? Like, whether it's like the splenic authority or one of the other seven authorities um, in relation to their design Mm-hmm. How do they become more in touch with that authority? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, it's just observing, right? Like, so obviously, you can learn about your authority and then you can ask yourself questions. In the videos I made, I have a whole set of questions that you can ask yourself. For the spleen, it might be like, are there certain situations where you feel more relaxed or you feel like, there's just some sort of resistance, right? I think it's also a really good, this is another exercise, just thinking about times in the past when you've made decisions that were aligned and how did you know, Yeah. right? Because sometimes people are like, well, I don't know about right now, but three years ago, moving to that place was the best decision or like picking that school was the best decision. And maybe you couldn't explain it at the time, but there was just a feeling and that, that becomes like, you can drop a reference point there. And then you start to move forward with, I mean, food is always so easy for myself. It's like, I would, when I first came to this, I would practice with what do we want to have for lunch today? Right. And just deciding from this subconscious, maybe not the right word, but it wasn't a mental place, right? It was more from, in my case, like intuitively, what did I feel like? Mm -hmm. And for somebody else, it might be, they're going to 
talk, talk to themselves for a couple of minutes and be like, do I want this or that? And as they talk about it, they hear themselves sounding more excited about one option versus the other. So interesting. So it really does like getting, it is that same process of getting to know yourself and understand yourself. And it really does take observation to kind of tap into that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I believe that everybody has all the answers within, right. But we also have to set our attention and our intention there. And then it's usually it's like, Hey, thanks. Like, let me tell you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I tell my clients all the time. It's like, they come for answers, but the truth is it's like, we're just holding the space for them to find the answers within themselves. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to my next question. And I'm super curious, like, what do you do exactly as a human design coach? Hmm. Really, it's so it's both like so unique, dependent on the person, and also the same in the sense that I believe that again, what we just talked about, everybody has the answers within. Like you already know what you need to do, mm-hmm. and we've all also, you know, I, I work with adults, um, not children. So like we've also all had our lives where we pick up different things. So I hold, I guess I would say I hold the space for somebody to tune into their design. And because I'm a projector, it's like, I can kind of see the blind spot sometimes that people have, where I'm like, hold on, there's this pattern here. Thoughts. Um, And I weave, I have a background. Obviously I shared a little bit with, I have more of like a business management background. So there's like that more structured, logical, strategic side of me, but I also have a yoga background and I've deeply studied the nervous system and yoga nidra. So I incorporate other modalities that get more to the subconscious reprogramming level of things too, because while human design is about getting out of the mind and trusting whatever your authority or your intuition is, we also don't want to abandon our minds, right? We're trying, I am really all about wholeness and integration. So it's like, how do we bring the mind along to feel safe and part of this too? And yeah. I, so I feel like that was a very abstract answer, but that that feels like true, right? Yeah. It's like, there's some sort of magic that happens because yeah, the people I've been very lucky, the people I work with have already done a lot of their own personal work and they're all very astute. And so now it's just like, and I know there's more for me and I want to trust more of myself after having gone through all these tools, all these teachers, whatever it is. Right. Oh, it's like, I love that. Cause it is like integrating all of your different experiencing experiences and putting it into your own ca- coaching practice is what like creates your, you know, secret sauce. That's awesome. I love that so much. So I'm my, my last question then is, you know, we, we talked about shooting a little bit earlier and I say this to my clients all the time, like stop shooting all over yourself because when we're constantly in the space of should I do this or I need or I should be doing this and whatever that takes us further away from who we really truly want to be so what is the like what would be your number one piece of advice or tangible step to help someone stop shooting all over themselves hmm. follow your human design strategy <laughs> and authority yeah i mean here's the thing we can I think in the earlier, let's call it like one to three years of practicing living your design, the mind is still going to be there. The shoulding is still going to happen, but it's more about the choice of not feeling like you have to follow through on the should, right? And the belief that you don't have to do it is an experiment, right? Like I don't want anybody to treat human design or any other system as like uh, without questioning it, right? Of like, oh, this is just what it is. And like, I'm giving up all my personal power, right? Obviously 
there's a big part of this that I'm in favor of experimenting with it, right? And only doing what feels right for you. And so in this journey around unraveling the shoulds, let's say, again, I like examples. So let's say you're a manifester again, and you're like, okay, I want to stop shooting on myself. I don't want to force myself to do these three things every week that I feel like I have to. I actually just want to follow my urges and initiate. You can choose to say no to one of those things and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right. And most of the time, either any combination of these, it's not as bad as you thought it was. Like maybe the person wasn't that upset. Um, something like totally unexpected happens where it's like, oh, I said no. And then I don't know, I got a raise or whatever. Like stuff like that happens to my clients all the time. But it's like a big piece of this, you know, we've been talking about energy management. To me, it also means that the the rewards of how we're growing and expanding also come through energetically. Mm-hmm. And so deciding, for example, that I am going to rest a little bit more means that maybe in some other part of my life, I'm feeling I, there's some gift or there's some, there's some more fulfillment, right? Because we're all of our life is all of our life. Mm-hmm. And another piece of human design that we haven't touched on is each type has its own aura. And this is again, more of my personal belief, but our energy and our, what we're sending out is also being received and co-creating with the universe. And so when you're really tending to your to your aura, the right opportunities and synchronicities also find you. And so that also, again, that's more for your mind to be like, okay, I can feel safe in dropping the shoulds. Mm. Right. And it might not be that you see something happen tomorrow. Maybe it's a few weeks or a few months, but that's, I guess that's what makes life fun and growth fun. It's like, oh my God, what's going to happen. Right. If you can kind of take that zoom out and take that perspective. Mm. Yeah, that's so fascinating because when you think about, you know, it's really helping just direct your brain, you know, like that Mm. that part of your brain instead of like trying to totally shut it out is like helping it, you know, stay in that higher state instead of like dropping into, because I think the, the shooting drops into like the primitive brain and like, there's like fear attached to it is like, oh, I should do this because of this. And like, again, being stuck in our head, but then being able to drop into our bodies is going to help continue to move us forward and stay in alignment. Mm. Oh, so great. I love it. Well, is there anything else that you want to share anything else on human design or what you do as a coach? If anybody's interested in learning more, I will, I'll share with you kind of where we can plug resources for people to learn more about your type, your strategy, your authority. And I think if that's all that you want to pick up, like naturally, those are the steps to live the rest of your design and see how your purpose unfolds. Um, yeah, I think I'll leave it there. Um, people can get in touch in whatever ways they like. Um, I'm on Instagram at victoriajane.hd and my website's victoriajane.co. So, you know, we can do one-on-ones, coaching, whatever feels good if that's of interest. I love that. And I will make sure all of that's linked in the show notes and the videos that you mentioned, just because, um, you know, we went more into like the tangible tactical side of things, but if people still are wanting to get like a, a basic understanding of human design, I'll make sure those videos are available to you in the show notes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Victoria, for your time. The way that you share this is like so clear And I appreciate it so much for you taking the time to share your gift with us today. 
Thank you. It's my pleasure.